What's up, everybody? You are watching The Elks Call with The Elks Herd. My name is Scout, a.k.a. The Rep from Section X. And I'm Catherine, a.k.a. Do You Even Elks? Or Kathy, sometimes. It goes around. <laughs> it changes. And today we got an awesome episode for you. First, we're going to go over that Edmonton Elks versus Saskatchewan Rough Riders game. The one that ended in last minute despair <laughs> then we got an edmonton sports update and then we have an extra special guest sammy gagan 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 <laughs> uh he's the u.s director of scouting for the edmonton elks so he's going to tell us about what he does down there in florida daytona beach to be particular and yeah we have an awesome episode so I guess we're going to go ahead and dig into that last game. Yeah, as always, we'll take it uh, quarter by quarter, just so that we can dissect it a little bit more and talk about it. So let's look at the first quarter. Uh, personally, I thought that Cornelius came in looking a lot more confident. Yeah. Right? He was um, running on that second and eight. Uh, he had that beautiful throw down the field for Dunbar number mm -hmm. seven to get a first down so we definitely saw a lot more confidence in there he escaped the pocket at one time and he ran it himself yeah so that was i think more closely resembling the cornelius that we had seen at the end of the, the season last year well exactly and taylor cornelius he really likes playing in saskatchewan for some reason i mean hey we're not going to complain but he seems to flourish when he plays there and Immediately, you saw him get back into that uh, that groove where he likes to escape the pocket and use his legs. He mm -hmm. started to use his legs early on in the game, and <laughs> he's got him. So he might as well he's use got him, right? He's got that build. But <laughs> more importantly, uh, as soon as you start to do that in a game, you open up the possibilities. The defense has a really hard time reading what you're going to do. You mm -hmm. have now added another option, right? Mm -hmm. So it was good to see them do that early on in there. Yeah. It, it looked really good. Yeah, it was a good start, start. To start the quarter, yeah. <laughs> it was a really good start. And then unfortunately it turned into, you know, sad face um, <laughs> when Faithful <laughs> missed that kick. So <sighs> he kicked wide left. And yeah. that, that was a very unfortunate turn of events, if I may be honest. That was one of those that immediately you know red red flags alarms all over the place so well and with dean faithful right uh the elves kind of gambled on him chris jones went for him uh for his reasons dean faithful 36 awesome guy uh awesome guy we will definitely tell you that right now uh you know he tunes into the elks herd and uh, he, he's out there talking to fans often and he's a big community guy. So he, he's out there loving what he's doing. Unfortunately, uh, some of the questions that fans have had around Dean faithful were answered for the wrong reasons on, uh, uh on that Saskatchewan Rough Riders game. Right. So a little bit disappointing. Uh, I'm sure that he's going right back to the drawing board, yeah. but, uh, definitely. Definitely wasn't the the end of uh, the woes for that game. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, we did see a lot of turnover on downs. Mm -hmm. So, and by the end of the first quarter, that's when we started that game of Rouges. Rouges, am I saying it right? Rouge, yes, Rouge I am. City. <laughs> Rouge City. Yeah, with that one City. point at the end of the quarter. That's, it started. That's yeah. how it started, right? So. Yeah, in a, in a game that we would see a lot of, uh, a lot of rouges. It was probably one of the most Canadian CFL games. I think. I think a lot of people called it weird. Some yes, I remember. Yeah, even the media, even watching the game, everybody on the panel there, like this is the weirdest yeah. game in the world. It's just yeah, it was something else, and we had just gotten started. So by the yeah. second quarter, um, Jake Julian kicks yeah. it in for that second second rouge. rouge yeah. So. Um, and then uh, Trevor Harris had that fumble yeah. that led to an Edmonton uh, possession with number eight, Mark 
McLaurin. Mark McLaurin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he scooped the ball, yeah, as, he you like the ball. <laughs> as you like Shout to say. Shout out to Andre <laughs> He scooped the ball, yeah. He got that. And, uh, you know, Cornelius did another big run. Yeah. He got it down to uh, number seven, Dunbar, again. And he ran it for a first touchdown. But that was that the touchdown that was called back? Yes. Yes. So that unfortunately was a call against number sixty-eight. And I'll I'll go ahead and be fan sided on this one. That was a <laughs> that was a pretty weak call. Yeah. I mean, it was a football play. We've seen way worse holds not be called. Uh, Foucault, he had the jersey. He held on for a millisecond too long, and even then. Um, was that was that defender actually going to get there? In my opinion, no. But yeah, but at the same time, I feel like right now in the position that the Edmonton Elks are, even right now, avoiding penalties mm-hmm. should be a major Paramount. thing. That it's, it, yeah. they should make sure that they're playing clean, if only for the fact that you know, just for the idea of not giving away any sort of plays. Right. Totally. We're not in any position whatsoever to be giving away plays. Well, giving away yardage on uh, on on penalties, yeah. right? And uh, you know, with the with the game before that, uh, as we talked about on the last podcast, Jake Serezna, he he mm-hmm. was having a hard time with that. So you really hope that the Edmonton Elks were going to clean it up on the flags mm-hmm. for this game, mm-hmm. especially yeah, like I say, just in our position and how. I don't want to say desperate, but (laughs) in a way, anything counts. Every single little play, every single little drive, every single little kick counts. So that takes us to the second. Right. And and I'll I'll quickly say, when you're winning, (laughs) it's the opposite, right? Like, (laughs) going back to the 2015 days, um... Sure, you get those penalties, but you knew that the offense was going to make it up, and they weren't too bad, or maybe even the the penalty was something that would have prevented a big play, and you'd rather have the offside, or you'd rather have uh, even like a short pass interference or something. Mm -hmm. When your team's winning, all of those little, little nuances that Edmonton Elks fans are witnessing right now and watching and criticizing, Every single negative thing that happens mm-hmm. on that field right now is big. It, 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 it becomes a massive negative mm-hmm. for for many fans, right? And once again, if you're winning, you don't have that problem. So unfortunately, that's why why we're noticing <laughs> all of this so yeah. closely, right? Yeah, and well, like I said, that just led to that second kick, that faithful miss, mm-hmm. right? Once again, another one of those that you feel as a fan, you know, somebody that is just watching, somebody feels like that should Easy be money, yeah. a missed kick, right? You yeah. you think it's in, and then he kicks it wide left, and it's just another disappointment. Well, um, and, and for Dean Faithful as well, in his defense, a Saskatchewan Rough Riders game, his first time probably, you know, besides Edmonton Elks at home for that uh, home opener, it's probably the biggest away game. Well, you right. know what? No, they play BC. They play yeah. BC. So they've and had some great... Well. Big, and he played well in that yeah. one. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody has an off day, yeah. right? It could have been one of those. But like you say, we, we just go back to that point that every single play matters at this yeah. point, right? So, and, and everybody's going to nitpick anything that goes wrong just because of the position that we are in. Totally. So, um, the desperation. The, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I guess that is the, that is the term. Uh, right after that, we had uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, number two, Alford. Yeah, Mario. Super Mario. Super Mario, they called him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thankfully, that was another penalty that was called, and it didn't come for their touchdown. So that was um, that was on a return. So yeah. he, he had it on a return from yeah. that kick. So And it was, it was holding uh, the 20-yard line. Yeah. So Saskatchewan, you know, you don't know if that – See, withholding penalties, you don't know if that was actually going to prevent a major play yeah. or if, or you know, if that was a nothing burger yep. and the ref saw it. Yeah. So it sucks for Saskatchewan for sure, but we will gladly take that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, it kind of held, but at the same time, it was very frustrating seeing that return oh, happen, right? <laughs> extremely. I mean, I thought it was in. 
And then Dustin Nielsen, uh, mm-hmm. he is like, but there's a flag at the 20! <laughs> I'm like, ah, yeah, it's well, holding, it's gotta be holding! We'll take it. We'll yeah. take it anytime. Um, after that, Cornelius had a good throw for French. Yeah. And unfortunately, that was there was no ball security in that one. So he let it go. And uh, at the end of that, I think it was just Julian kicking it in for yet another rouge. That was the third one of the game. So Canada's favorite point. Yeah, Canada's <laughs> favorite point. And, and very Canadian game this one was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Going into the third, I think everybody was a little cautious at that point. It's third quarter Edmonton Alex's as we continue to say. Third quarter Edmonton (laughs) Alex's for four games this year in this season. The Edmonton Alex's. You know what? Even going back to preseason, I think we saw a lot of good in preseason as well, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's a lot of promise in preseason. The superstition is you never want to go perfect in preseason, right? Because that means that your bottom level guys are, you know, kind of yeah. like the best you have, and you're constantly fighting against other bottom level guys. So it's, right. it's actually not a good uh, gauge. But that being said, uh, our third quarters have been notoriously sloppy. <laughs> so this third quarter, I'll let you explain. Yeah, well, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as we have seen before. No, I think. you know, we had. Uh, number four Brown, he gets us that first down, but we unfortunately are not able to take it any further. So Julian kicks it in. He had another rouge. That's the fourth point of the game. Um, we also saw a few completions by Cornelius, mm-hmm. and he actually pushes pushes it through for a touchdown. So yeah. that was that was great. I I remember being excited about that one because I kept wondering why didn't he do that that one time for that specific instance where we where you know yeah the uh, the three cracks at the one the infamous uh well and i mean taylor cornelius he has the build right yes. so it's something that the fans have talked about it's something that pundits have talked about mm-hmm. uh the media xyz you have a guy that's tall and lanky that can you know get that ball over which you know it comes down to play calling and mm-hmm. coaching so right. who's telling him that he shouldn't be in? Is it right. him not comfortable with it? We really don't know, but he got it in. Yeah, we saw it. We saw it a couple of times. Like, he did that, and he got it in. Yeah. He pushed through, and like I say, he's got the body for it. He's got the height, and he was able to just get it through. And it was it was good to see that he was able to make those plays. Unfortunate that we didn't see it before right. when we should have. But-, but, but this is also, too, we have to remember. Taylor Cornelius now had something to prove. Right. So oh, yeah. Dag- Daggy went yeah. in for the game before mm-hmm. against Ottawa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that game was just a mess for so many reasons, and we've already talked about it. Yeah. But with this Saskatchewan Rough Riders game, Taylor Cornelius, for some reason, likes playing in Saskatchewan. It's a bit of a confidence builder, yeah. and he's coming back in hungry. Yeah, he had motivation for sure. Well, exactly, and that goes back to what we were saying about Taylor Cornelius and his offseason, right? right? This guy came in and then gained yeah. muscle mass. Yeah. To gain muscle mass, <laughs> as we know, right, it's uh, it's easier to grow a six-pack of beer <laughs> than it is to grow a six-pack of abs. So for him to come in with muscle mass and look visibly bigger, he came in with yeah. preparation. So he's he always hard. He, he did great. He did great that game, yeah. in my opinion, with what he was given. Yeah. With Gino, Gino Lewis out, right? Yep. Yeah. So we, 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 saw, some... we saw a really big improvement yeah. from the previous games that he had played, right? And uh, Running out of the pocket was a, was a really big thing for that, mm-hmm. right? That was, a, that was a big factor yeah. in him being more successful in this game. Most successful game for Taylor Cornelius this season. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, right after, just before the third quarter ended, we saw uh, Trevor Harris doing some really good throws, and that was a little, um, you know, concerning. But thankfully, he made the exact same throw four times yeah. in a row, and we were able to intercept. Uh, Marcus Lewis, number 26, was able to intercept and, you know, turn it around. But um, 
Well, yes. I mean, we kind of predicted, yeah. you know, what was happening there. Like Trevor Harris was mm-hmm. going to the sides. And I think like for four or five throws in it a row. It was four. Yeah, four. It was yeah, definitely four. four. I remember, uh, yeah, turning around to you and be like, oh, he's going to do it again. Yeah. He's going to do it again. Well, somebody, come on. <laughs> Somebody's got to pick up on that. Like, <laughs> at some point, you got to wonder if coaching maybe got a little bit... Uh, cocky. Cocky. <laughs> I was going to go yeah. there. You said it. But yeah, you got to wonder if they got a little bit cocky with that yeah. one. And uh, obviously, I mean, it took four shots, but uh, we adjusted and we ended up getting that ball back. So. Yeah. Yeah. And moving into the fourth, I mean, the majority of the fourth was pretty slow i would say and mm-hmm. and then we started getting more towards the end of it i think um you know trevor harris started getting lots of opportunities to escape that pocket the yeah. d was kind of crumbling down uh there were two minutes and 40 seconds or something like that three minutes left in the quarter and uh they ended up getting a touchdown he ended up driving the ball mm-hmm. directly and then doing a two-point conversion right after that to tie the game yeah. so it was like i said that was less than three minutes left into the quarter um we started seeing things crumbling i don't know exactly what happened there if uh, i it's hard to say right we were it was a very stressful last quarter yeah, that uh, that last quarter. I mean, <clears throat> you could tell where they were a little bit tired, but mm-hmm. they still should have had a little bit more gas. If anything, the pressure started to mount. And Trevor Harris, I mean, I'm not going to discount. I'm sure his his go in Edmonton wasn't necessarily spectacular, but in 2019, Trevor Harris made it to the crossover, made it to the uh, Eastern Eastern Conference Final. And he was going for, you know, his old completion record. Like, right. the, this guy still has gas in the tank. And we're He's even got an arm. Four, <laughs> four years later, yeah. uh, his off-season training, he goes down to Tom Brady's TB12. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know quite a bit about his regime and how serious he takes the game. So he never counted himself out. I'm not saying the Edmonton Elks did either, but they did get gassed. They, they visibly could not adjust to what Saskatchewan was doing and the cards started to fall. And then the infamous. Well, before we get into that on the topic of driver Harris, Harris, um, I think one of the things that I noticed the most is the inconsistency, Mm -hmm. right? One of the things that I started hearing a lot and reading a lot after the game is that Saskatchewan also did not play a good game. So regardless of, all of those really amazing throws that he mm. might have thrown it, it was still not enough, right? And we saw that inconsistency from him as well totally. during this game that was in our favor. Yeah. But at the same time, we should never let it get to that point, right? That's that's the whole idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Elves basically gave him four quarters to warm yeah. up, right? Yeah. I think that's what you're going for. And yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. He they, had some really bad throws, and then he had some amazing throws, right? So it's just not consistent enough to really count him in as an amazing quarterback, but he yeah. still provided, he gave us some trouble. Well, and big props to the defense. Mm-hmm. I think the defense had a huge role in that. I think that they played a really good game. Um, they Like, the defense didn't do bad. Yeah, They played a really good game. Offense, obviously, there's a little bit left to be desired. But the offense didn't necessarily play bad this game either. Part of that is Taylor Cornelius mm-hmm. getting getting out of the pocket, uh, making that defense, uh, making the Saskatchewan defense second guess what they're doing, or you know, adding that third option or fourth yeah. option as we talked about. Yeah, I think like you said, individually in all the parts, things were better this mm-hmm. game. The quarterback was better. The defense, uh, D line was good. They have been consistent like that, but it was good. Yeah. The offensive line was better, mm-hmm. right? So we saw improvements from the last game. Big time. But yet, as a whole, it was not enough, right? And that kind of takes us to the, the, the last incident that everybody is talking about when Sims goes in and 
doesn't go get the ball, essentially. <laughs> it gets thrown way over his head, first yeah. of all. That was a little too far, too way over his head. And instead of doing his best to go and catch the ball, grab the ball, kick the ball, whatever, do whatever with the ball, he just lets it be and takes an eat. Well, and the only way that I can describe this as somebody that has watched a lot of football ranging from... Uh, you know, SEC, NFL, CFL, his muscle memory and his athletic automatics went to college big play mode. That's the only way that I can describe that is he went to college big play mode. So he's thinking touchback, let's get the ball down there immediately. And I mean, we can, like, we, we, like, we, you can't say anything else. Like, you yeah. can't really give it another explanation. He's not going to give the game away. Like, he's getting paid for a reason. This is yeah. a job. That's his job. Go yeah. do something with the ball. So when you're thinking about mistakes that you have made in the past, whether it is at your job or in life, a lot of the time is legitimate mistakes that mm-hmm. you feel extremely sorry about that, you know, it was just a big whoopsie. And unfortunately, it cost us the game. But at the same time, you know, it, it's it's a good thing to kind of take a step back and try to see the big picture of everything that might have happened to let that both so wrong. Well, he's never going to forget that. No, he's never going to do that ever again. Like, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, no, he's never going to forget that again. And, you know, people are coming out and saying that this is slightly on coaching or this is completely on the player, whatever, right? He he went out and did his interview following all of this, and he expressed extreme remorse. And you, you feel bad for the guy because he he honestly did not mean to screw that up. He was not trying to screw that up. It's not like, you know, he was a tired player, and yeah. he's lollygagging, and he's taking his time getting to the ball. He clearly looked like he did not want to get the ball because he thought it was going to be a touchback. And like you said, right, this is the only way that we can describe it or explain it. Otherwise, he's just deliberately trying to screw the team, which nobody in this team is going to be. Nobody's going to be doing that. Nobody's going to be screwing each other up. They all they all want the win. That locker room, like if if the fans feel feel rough, just like we talked about on the last podcast. If fans feel absolutely devastated right now, mm-hmm. imagine being in that locker room yeah. of the Edmonton Elks. Like yeah. any anything that we say as fans is they hear it too. Well, they hear it too. But if you're a competitor, you beat yourself up. Oh, one hundred percent. Like what we say would never even be able to affect them the way that. Mm-hmm. You know, they beat themselves up as competitors. So, yeah, definitely, once again, uh, don't don't take these losses out on the players. Yeah. Just try I mean, to understand, it, right? It's like what I was saying. It's it's time to kind of take a, take a step back and see the big picture, right? Obviously, he could have paid more attention to other rouges that happened in the game. We had how many? Five, yeah, six. Sure, but none <laughs> so, of them none of them were really in the traditional sense either, right? Like sure. sure, you had a you had a lot of them that went out of the end zone or some sort of scenario like that. There yeah. wasn't too many knees down. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that I mean we're also not discounting responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. As a player, you learn the rules of the CFL. You know, you should be able to kind of put two and two together. Not yeah. saying that you know, that's what happened. I'm not saying that he should be completely at fault. I'm saying that obviously there is responsibility in very many parts of this, right. including the coaching as well. I feel like, you know, if they know that somebody's a rookie, they know that somebody's not particularly familiar with the rules, just remind them before yeah. they go out. Tell them, like, hey, it's your job to get that ball. That's it. <laughs> Instead of maybe not saying anything yeah it also Chris, be, Chris Jones also yeah. said that as well yeah. right like hey it was a bit of a bit of a coaching club as well and everybody kind of took their responsibility on yeah. it but you're right you do gotta you do gotta make sure those players know exactly what they're doing in their role before they go out especially the rookies mm-hmm. which CJ Sims he's a rookie mm-hmm. so it's it's just you know and also with so little left of the game 
and then tying it right there's added pressure yeah there's added pressure everybody's nervous everybody's worried right it adds extra little bit of stress on top of everything and players are going to make mistakes in these situations right so i mean between the circumstance between the coaching between the personal responsibility that Tim should have taken for learning the rules and understanding the game. You know, it's not a blame game. It's just with everything that happened during this game, it's a team issue, right? Everybody could have played amazingly in this Mm -hmm. game, but all the pieces didn't click together. No, exactly. Right. So, uh, and by the end of the game, it all ended with Cornelius giving it away uh, just with 25 seconds. I mean, at least that was the, the only interception. Yeah. That he threw. And I, again, I think it was just stress, pressure. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're just, uh, you know, calling calling whatever plays they thought would work best, but everybody's in high pressure mode. It's just a Hail Mary that went wrong. But, but pretty much, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, I mean, that being said, now we have the next game tomorrow. Uh, yeah, no, nope. tomorrow, yes, yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> Commonwealth Stadium, uh, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They're going to be coming to town. They ended up just getting a win here this last weekend, so they got a little bit of wind under their sails. They're going to be coming to Edmonton a little bit hot. We're going to be Hungry as always for a home win, so yeah. definitely hoping that we get it. Uh, I'm not going to throw any predictions, <laughs> but I think we're we're at that point now that our prediction gonna is going to be the same thing. It's going to be cautiously optimistic. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I will continue to hope and be optimistic that you know the pieces will come together because there were definitely some improvements. I definitely saw some pieces that improved you know we're way better than before so now everything just has to click together and i'm hoping that this is the game that things just fit like a little puzzle well and win <laughs> yeah and i mean we looked good in the beginning of that argos game obviously the argos ran away with it last time at home but for this one it's a really good chance uh the hamilton tiger cats they're without their starting quarterback right. they're going through injuries and uh I think that there's a really good chance that we do win. I'm not going to throw a prediction on scores, though. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Well, we'll see. Um, and we did have a pickup and a release. All right. Sam Ash. What was it? A- <laughs> a- oh, Akeempong. Yeah, Akeempong. So D-line, we ended up picking him up. We ended up releasing Daniel Ross also on the D-line. So we ended up doing a swap. Uh, Woodley Apollon out. Uh, Marlashawn Franklin Jr. out. Andrew Garnett out. Aaron Grimes, he was on the list for the first time in a hot minute after coming off of the sixth game, or at least near the end of the sixth game. And unfortunately, he's out for this game. AC Leonard, that's a big questionable. Uh, I do believe that. Earlier on in the week, he ended up sustaining some form of injury. So we're really yeah. hoping he's he's going to be in for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then Eli Menser out. Yeah, we have quite a few players out. Hey, is there? Do you know if there's anybody that came back from the injured list? Uh, no. We would have. Um, we would. We would have yeah, set hey. in. We would have set in. Damn. Yeah. So. The, oh, sorry. <laughs> No monetization for us today. (laughs) (laughs) But all right, we'll move uh, to our next. I think we're going to leave it at that. We'll see where that goes. We're going to move to our next uh, segment, which is the Edmonton Sports Update. All right, guys, you are tuned into the Edmonton Sports Update. All right, in the CBL, the Winnipeg Sea Bears defeated the Edmonton Stingers 99 and 95 on Saturday night, July 8th. Their next game, which is the last home game, is Thursday, July 13th versus the Saskatchewan Rattlers. And side note, 
the Winnipeg Sea Bears has the worst logo in professional sports. No. It's so cute. Horrible. It's got my favorite colors. It's not fierce. No, I said it's my favorite colors. Yeah, yeah, but it's not fierce. It's It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a. It's like a little bear coming and hugging you when you're dribbling the ball towards you. <laughs> All right, so for Edmonton baseball, on Saturday night, July 8th, the Riverhawks ended up beating the Kelowna Falcons 6-0 at Remax Field. And the Edmonton Riverhawks, uh, their next game is against Kamloops, the North Paws. North Paws, that's a... Yeah, that's a weird name. And then tomorrow night, the Edmonton Elks are taking on the Hamilton Tiger Cats at Commonwealth Stadium. Kickoff is at 7 p.m. I'm scouting Haddock. <laughs> You're <laughs> up to date. <laughs> you need an outro sound for I that. I do need as well. an outro yeah. sound. Yeah. We're going to have to figure that one out. Yeah. Um, next, yes. next podcast. Yeah, there you go. We continue to improve, you know, little by little. There, You're probably going to see a couple of little extra things here and there some changes some easter eggs i don't know what you might find from one podcast to another but a little bit of easter eggs maybe some giveaways if you (laughs) if you if you spot the change over this podcast shoot us a dm on twitter at the elks herd if you if you spot the change we're gonna go ahead and hook you up uh, with a couple prizes (laughs) talking about prices though we do have a giveaway, a big giveaway that uh, we're looking at. So we're supposed to be oh. announcing the the winner of the tailgate and tickets. Now we had uh, we had a winner, and then we had two backups. We would have announced it right now. However, number one hasn't gotten a hold of us, so we're going to give them until the end of the night. And then if not, we're going to move down the list of our two alternate winners. So definitely stay tuned to our social media for that. And uh, yeah, we definitely hope to see you down in the tailgate. Definitely. And yeah, we'll contact uh, the person once we find out exactly who that is. And uh, maybe we'll make a little video about it too. Yeah, add a little hype to it. it. (laughs) Hype out a little bit. All right, guys. Well, uh, we're going to cut to a quick commercial break here. And we got Sammy G of the Edmonton Elks, the U.S. Director of Scouting, coming up next. See you in a bit. Shotgun Sports and the Stallion Stampede are proud to partner with Royal Retros to bring you discounted sports merchandise, including throwback jerseys and championship hats. To celebrate the 2023 USFL champions, the Birmingham Stallions, Click the link in the description and use the promo code STAMPEDE for 10% off your order. Giddy up! Welcome back to the Elks Call. Today on The More You Didn't Know, we have a very special guest joining us from Florida. The U.S. Director of Scouting for the Edmonton Elks, Mr. Sammy G. Sammy, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem, man. Glad to be here. So, on the more you didn't know, we asked six, you know, depending on a bonus, seven questions. And with our first one, being the director of U.S. scouting for a CFL team, you must have had quite a journey. Can you please tell us the story of your career up until this point? Yeah, no problem. So, uh, you know, I, I played football in high school. I played in college. I went back to college as a non-traditional 25-year-old true freshman. I played for a coach who was two years older than I was. And I played for two seasons at a small college in Ottawa, Kansas. Um, I remember him calling me and telling me I was he, he just got the head coaching job in Ottawa, and I thought I was moving to Ottawa, Canada. I never heard of Ottawa, Kansas before. Um, and then I go out and play for him. We win a conference championship in our second year. He gets a job at a at a new college and you know, he basically said, hey, I can help you. you he told me you could keep playing or I can help you in your career. Um, I chose to work on my career, and he made me the director of football operations as an undergrad um, student. So um, I became DFO there for seven years. Um, I, you know, I had a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good accomplishments there uh, as a DFO. 
um, you know, I networked a ton. And uh, during that time, my brother wanted to be a sports agent. And I had a family member that we grew up with. Um, now a family member because I baptized his daughter. Um, and he wanted to be in the agent business. So I got into the agent business. Uh, and I did that for 10 years. That's how I met Coach Jones in 2000, 2002. Um, and then Chris and I kind of kept contact with each other. And in December of 16, he asked me if I was interested in being a scout for him, just based on, you know, he, he knew that I knew talent and players. And and then the rest is history. So he hired me in Saskatchewan. I worked for the, for the Riders uh, for three seasons. And then um he left and went to to cleveland and then i started a I, so you know when a new guy comes in they always bring their own guys in there so uh, i was let go in sask and i just i basically what i did at that point was i actually started my own scouting agency uh and just to help every team in the cfl while i was waiting for another job um and then the uh, global the global job came up the the director of global scouting job came up when they started the global initiative in the cfl and then i actually applied for that i actually finished as a finalist for that and then right after that i got a call from bc and they were like hey man we, we actually thought you were going to get that job but we need a guy down in the southeast would you when you want to jump on and believe it or not that was the first time i met g-roy um in 20 i want to say 20 2019 i got hired is right before covid um Giro and I never spoke we were on conference calls together all the time but him and I never really spoke um and then that's kind of how my my transition that's how I that's how I met Giro we, we I was introduced to him but we never spoke uh and then during COVID uh Ed Herbie left and then they kind of let everybody go they brought in a new group they had their own guys uh, and then they let me go there, and then I got hired by Montreal the next the next year. So I worked a season for Montreal, and then Chris came back to the CFL, and and the rest is history. So here I am in Edmonton for my second season. Wow! Uh, so yeah, eh? a little a little bit of a carousel, but yeah. uh, once you made it to Saskatchewan, you're yeah, man. oh yeah. I'm I'm like the Stevie Bags of the CFL of scouting. Steve Bags almost played for every every team, and I've worked for almost every team in my short career too. So, or even like a Kevin Glenn, right? Of yeah, uh, same thing. Yeah, no doubt. So, what is it exactly that you do as the U.S. Director of the of Scouting for the Edmonton Elks? Yeah, so I have a lot of different little jobs that I that I'm responsible for. Um, you know. Obviously, I'm here in the U.S. I'm scouting U.S. talent uh, all season during football season in the U.S. Uh, I also attend NFL training camps. Uh, you know, I go and and check out NFL training camps. You know, talk to those guys. I've I built a pretty good network of friends through the NFL, um, so I can go to go to practices during camp, and they'll kind of talk to us about who's who's on the back end of the roster and who's going to be available, who they think will be cut, who they think is going to stay. Um, and we already have a list of guys that we're already looking for by the time I get there. I don't just go there and draw names out of a hat. You know, we we do our work here and, you know, we go through the rosters. Giro and I kind of go through everything. Um, you know, Chris Chris does most of the work in the offseason, but during season he's more focused on the, on the, on the task at hand. And Giro and I kind of go back and forth every day. And, you know, Giro and I probably talk two, three times a day, um, whether it's text or phone call. Uh, and then – you know, we kind of go through and we go through the rosters and say, hey, okay, these are the guys. Like, they tell me, hey, uh, you know, I tell them, hey, this is where I'm going. These are the teams I'm going to go see. These are the practice I'm going to go see. And then we go through and say, okay, these are the guys we want to look at. These are the guys we want information on. Um, so I do that. And then I go through the college football season and I'll uh, I'll go to like college football practices. And, you know, I live in Florida. We have 19 colleges here just in the state of Florida. Um, not all of them are big colleges, but there's 19. So there's tons of talent just in the state of Florida. However, I go all over the Southeast. I do Florida, Georgia, where I travel to is Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, uh, Alabama, and obviously Florida. So I go through those states during the entire season and just watch games. I make sure I see games of teams that are coming from other places that I can't get to so I can see those players. Um, we obviously, we, we, you know, we have a list of where the Canadian players are in the U S so I go into those colleges. So 
if there's a guy in Buffalo, you know, we'll go up and see him or we'll have somebody go there and see them. Um, so we, we try to cover everything as much as we can as far as where the Canadian guys are in the U.S. And then also just the U.S. players in general. Um, so I do that through football season. And then the, the I always like to say the gauntlet starts um, in December when our season ends. You know, we go into all-star all-star games, playoff games. Um, January, I ha- you know, I have the, the Hula Bowl, the Tropical Bowl, East-West Shrine game, the NFLPA game, the Senior Bowl, all in January. Um, and we split that up between G-Roy and Chris and myself. Yeah. And then we move into pro days. And during pro days, um, there's actually no other – you won't see another CFL guy. I, I do – I did 50 schools last year in 30 days. I drove 7,000 miles. Holy – Wow. And yeah, it's a lot. But and, and about of those 50, probably, you know, 30 of them are combined with other schools. Um, so I probably only went to, I want to say 30 schools, but I saw 50 schools in those 30 schools that I that I went to. Um, I actually got a great compliment, and I'm not to toot my own horn, but I think it's a compliment for the league, not for myself. But one of the NFL guys said, hey, man, you know, since you've been coming around, we've noticed more CFL scouts more and more at – at things that we're doing and I, obviously I, it was a compliment to me working hard but I think it's a compliment to the league that now more teams are doing what I'm doing and kind of getting more people to where they need to be so there's more of a presence for our, for our league when we go to things so the, so the NFL pro days are just that they're NFL pro days we are we are visitors all CFL staff are visitors myself Danny McManus Paul Jones uh, Vince Magri, we're all visitors. So they, they're they allowing us to come. But what I have noticed myself in the last few years is when they huddle up at the end and give all the numbers, and before they used to say, my first couple of years, they used to say, okay, NFL personnel over here. And that would be the time after the, all the workout was done, they'd exchange numbers. Now they're saying NFL and CFL personnel, which I've noticed, which I think is great for our league. Um, and, and it just, you know, th- it's a presence, you know, when you have a presence all the time, it helps, it helps visibility for the league, you know, and I've noticed a lot of the scouts now talk to those guys and, you know, there's some back end guys that they know that aren't going to make it and they'll start telling them, Hey man, you know, talk to Sammy, you know, or talk to Danny McManus or talk to Paul Jones. So it's, it's been great for our league down here and you guys don't get to see any of this, unfortunately, because you're in Canada. So you don't get to see how much of a presence we actually are having down here now. Um, and, 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 you know, there's a, there's a, um, there's a gentleman from BC that I see a lot. Um, um, I forget his name, but I see him all the time. Uh, Jim Yonk, Jim Yonk's always, always on the road. Like, you know, he, he does, again, those guys don't do as much as I do, but they're visible. And I've always said visibility is the best way to promote yourself. More, more people see us, the better it is. So after pro days. That's in March. April comes. We have our free agent workouts in the U.S. Every weekend we're gone. We're doing a workout. Um, and then we're just – that's kind of like finalizing the last back end of our roster to bring into camp. And then I, I take the 42-hour trek to, to Edmonton at the end of April to get ready for camp. <laughs> and then so. do it all over again. That's it in a a nutshell. (laughs) Well, and even speaking on the visibility part of it, uh, with us being on Twitter as the Elks heard, we tried to, especially in off-season, we're trying to grip as much content and news as possible. And the one thing that we have noticed is even when NFL media is talking about uh, scouts being in attendance, the Edmonton Elks have been getting noticed mm-hmm. because of your work down there that you're mm-hmm. doing. So we 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 actually do get a little bit of visibility on that, and every yeah. time we're trying to pump those tires. Yeah, and 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 it. So you know, I don't know if you guys see or not, but every time I go to a pro day or every time I go to a school, I always thank the school for yeah. allowing us to come. Yeah. Um, I also take something every time I go. So again, that's something you guys don't see either. I have a cousin here in town that owns a candy shop and he makes taffy, saltwater taffy. Nice. And every time I go to a school or go to a game, I always take a bag of saltwater taffy and I give it to the person that hosts me. So that's just something that, you know, and again, I'm, I always talk about this and it drives everybody nuts, but I'm, I'm, I was born and raised in a very 
Greek home and a very traditional Greek cultured home where you go to somebody's home, you, you bring something as you bring something. You don't come in empty handed. So when I show up at a school, whether it's one of these one of these balls here that I'll bring or one of or a bag of taffy, I always have something. I always have something in my hand to deliver to give somebody. And I'll leave. I remember. So this was pretty cool. Um, I think it was 2019 or 2018. I went to the Alabama Louisville game at Camping World Stadium. And um, it's in Orlando. And Marcus Limonis, who's a billionaire, he owns Camping World. He owns Good Sam's. He's he's He has a show on um, one of the channels, uh, The Prophet. I don't know if you've ever seen The Prophet or anything. I don't know if you guys get that up there. Anyway. So I tweeted him and I said, hey, you're going to be at this game? He goes, yeah. I said, all right, cool. So I went to my cousin. I said, hey, man, I need you to make a taffy wrapper with the Prophet logo on it. Because nice. he's a big candy guy. Yeah. And that's when I was working with Sask. And I have this picture of me just drenched in sweat. It was so hot at that game. And I'm just drenched in sweat with me and Marcus Limonis. And um, so I saw him on the field pregame. And I said, hey, and I said, hey Marcus, it's me, Sammy G75 from Twitter. He's like, oh, hey, man. I didn't think he I didn't think he really did his own Twitter to be honest with you, but he does. And um he said, like, Hey, how are you, man? Good to see you. I'm like, Yeah, I said, listen, dude, you gotta come up to the box. I to the press box. I brought you saltwater taffy. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm like, okay. So I go about my my you know, my schedule down on the field with body typing and looking at players. I go back up to the booth. We're about five minutes into the first quarter, I get a tap on the shoulder and it's him. No and I was way. like, oh my God. I was like, and I handed him this bag and it had it had my, my cousin's taffy in the uh profit logo wrappers on each piece. He thought it was awesome. And and that's just you know, again, like you're talking about a guy who probably never ever heard of the CFL, but now talks yeah. to me all the time on Twitter and asks how we're doing every time I see him now on the sideline, the first thing he asks me, how's the season going? Yeah. Couldn't be a greater guy. You know what yeah. I mean? So well, Sammy, it's, 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 Canadian thing if you to act <laughs> so hospitable. <laughs> it's yeah, really for sure. the CFL, the Canadian football. Yeah, yeah. no yeah. doubt. No, that's amazing. And I mean, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but you're all over Southeast America. So, um, yeah. next question What's the favorite stadium that you've worked in? <laughs> you know, people ask me this all the time. So, <laughs> so this is the honest truth. So there's so during football season when I'm actually going to games, um, I think the best one I go to, the most comfortable of the group, um, is usually at Miami, University of Miami. Nice. They have a great they have a great spread. It's at and and, and again, here's the thing though, it's at a pro stadium, so it's at pro player stadium. Um, so it's not like it's their own home stadium like University of Florida, which is right. which is a little bit tough to do because it's an outdoor press box and it's hot and they got fans blowing on you. Your papers are flying everywhere, but they do a good job of feeding you. But when I'm at Pro Day and when I go to all those schools in March, hands down, Clemson is the best place to go. They wow. that their, their facilities, it's like walking – so when you walk through the hallways, the, the the walls light up to guide you through the through the hallway. It's like the star starship enterprise. It, it's unbelievable. They just built this amazing room for the scouts to go in and watch film, and then they feed you a crab crab boil every oh. single time. It, it, it's um, Alabama's right there. They're right there too. But I, I always got to give it to Clemson. For some reason, I just love going there. Oh, that sounds that sounds fun. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> it definitely would make the I hope this doesn't get me in trouble at all these other places <laughs> that they were number one. <laughs> hey, that's okay, man. The Saskatchewan Rough yeah. Ride. We now have the state of the art in the CFL and as if yeah. Yeah, snarling a little day, you know. <laughs> yeah. It, right so because you're a remote staff member of the edmonton elks um yep. you don't get to see the team up close that often so what's it like watching the team for so from so far away well you know when i come up for camp i'm there actually two months i don't know if you guys knew that or not i'm, I'm close to two months while i'm i'm there with the guys right. um you, i have such a great bond with those guys and i love being a part of you know what the club's doing while i'm there um 
you know, it's great to see those guys, man. Because my office, I don't know if you've been around in the office to see how our offices are set up, but my office is at the stadium is um, it's just right in the heart of where the guys are always at. It's right in front of the meeting rooms. So those guys are constantly in my office. They look, I always load up my office with snacks because they're always coming in and grabbing my, grabbing a Gatorade or, you know, Jake Ceresna will come in all the time for gum or somebody will, somebody will just, it's, it's always something in there. So I have a really good rapport with our guys. So when I leave there, I, 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 it hurt, you know, it's, it's a little bit sad. I get a little, I get a little misty eyed when I leave those guys. Cause I, and not just the, you know, I love the coaches. Obviously I, I enjoy everything that I do there. I love the people in the building. So it's tough, you know, but I sit here and, you know, we play at nine o'clock on Thursday, which is seven o'clock for you guys, but nine o'clock here, I'll be up till one o'clock in the morning. I'll sit here and my poor dog can't hear enough clapping or slamming of the desks, you know? So, um, it's tough. You know, I want to be there. I want to be there with those guys. You know, I, I text a lot of them right before, during the game, like right before the game, I'll send a message to Taylor Cornelius. I'll send a message to Jake Serezna. I send it to Dave. Like, I, Cause you know, I, I have a bond with those guys. You know, some of those guys I brought help bring in. So yeah. I try to keep, I try to keep my bond with those guys as much as I can. Um, but you know, whenever you, you, you're here, you, you know, you're like, I wish I could, I could be doing more if I was there. You know, that's the feeling I get. You know, I wish there was more I could be doing. Um, but that's not the case. I'm here and they're there. And I just got to hope that they're they're getting after it. Well, and the elves need you down there, right? So, you know, you're yeah. kind of like that relative that comes in at Christmas. and <laughs> The uncle get, that you yeah. get to see once yeah. a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. load everybody up with snacks and be everybody's yeah. favorite. And then you're out. And then, you that's know, it. everybody texts you for 10 yeah. months. But I will say, like, a lot of those guys will text. Like, Jake Serezna, man, what a great – I love Jake Serezna. He's a great guy. You know, he sent me a text message once. He's like, hey, man, safe travels. I miss you already, man. Hope you're well. You know, that's the kind of bond you build with those guys. And, uh, you know, I, I remember Jake coming up to me during the Winnipeg game in preseason. He goes, hey, he goes, hey dude, you guys did a great job with the with the locker room this year. We really appreciate it. So, you know, it's great to, you know, have that bond with those guys. You know, and I'm a jokester at heart, so I'm always joking around with those guys, and I, I always tell them how, you know, you know, I used to do it. My, you know, I was way better than them, and you know, I just, you know, I just joke around those guys as much as I can. So I, I, I try to have a great relationship with those guys. No, that's a that's definitely amazing, and yeah. from everything that you have said, I mean, we know Jake Serezna as well. Awesome guy. If yeah. you're in, in with the likes of Jake Serezna, then. Yeah. You got to be a good dude, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, or, or a good salesman. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's good. So, that being said, who is your favorite player you've scouted, past or present? Oh man, I don't want to. Everyone I've scouted <laughs> is my favorite. Uh, <laughs> that's the, such a parent thing yeah. to say. Yeah, I don't have favorites. Yeah, I don't want. I don't play. I, I don't. I don't have favorites. Um, you know. I, you know when you come into this game and your your first one's always your. So let me tell you this. So Peter Adji, yeah. um, I I told him today. I or told him before I left. I said, Peter, you're always gonna have a special place in my heart. And he said, Why? I said, Because I I I announced your draft pick. Yeah. So I said, Peter, you're always gonna be in here, buddy. Because you, oh. you were my first draft pick of, I ever announced in my life. Yeah. That was my first one ever that I announced, and he'll always have a special place in my heart. So not 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 a lot of people can say the long snappers their their main guy. So yeah. I'll leave it there. The long yeah. snapper Peter Adji, he knows. I told him he's got a special place in my heart. Well, there you go. And we're not going to make you you know pick a favorite. Yeah. Yeah, in terms yeah. of players, but how about uh, the favorite part of your job? What is the best part of your job? I, you know, honestly, for me, it's just like finding guys, you know, so I, I don't consider what we do work. You know, I, I love the game of football. I love the CFL game. Um, you know, going to football, you know, I tell people, man, I get to watch football for a living. I mean, it's not really a job when you're watching, when you're doing what you love, you know. Um, the day, the day that I wake up one day, I'm like, Oh God, I gotta do this. 
that's when I know it's time to to hang it up or move on. Um, but you know, every part's the best part. I love being on the road. Um, I love being in new cities. I love being in new stadiums. I like seeing new people and new players. Uh, I, I love the camaraderie of our guys. You know, I love our building. All the people that are in the building are so good when I'm there. Such great hospitality. Even the even the hotel that I stay in, they're amazing to us. Um, they do a great job of just being professional, hospitable, um, accommodating. Um, you know, I was trying to bring my dog up this year, and they, I, I gave them a hard time, not them versus they didn't give me the hard time. And I was, you know, and I was wanting to have her up there, but I'm gonna get her up there next year. I promise you, she's gonna be with me for, for, for during the year. Um, but yeah, just you know, every part of it's awesome. I mean, there's not a bad part. Like I don't, I don't ever wake up in dread or like hate what I do. So, um, you know, I hate losing. I think we all hate losing that part stinks. Mm -hmm. Um, but that'll get fixed too, just like everything else. So, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. And then, uh, for a bonus question, one last question, Sammy G, do you have a prediction for, to, uh, for Thursday's Edmonton Alex versus Hamilton Tiger Cats game? Yeah. I'll give you the same prediction I give every week. We're going to win the game. I, if you don't, if you don't think you're going to win, there's no sense in doing this. So we're going to play hard. We're, we're, I can assure you, we don't go out there thinking we're going to lose. No. So I predict we'll win. I predict we're going to play hard. Um, I predict the fans will be happy with us. Um, you know that that's my prediction. So. Um, anybody that you ask that if they don't think we're going to win every game, then they're not real fans to me. You can't have, you can't have a lack of confidence in this business. You can't, but I always know, not think, but know we're going to win the game because our guys step on the field knowing they're going to win the game. They don't, they don't walk out there and say, Oh, well, you know, maybe we're not going to win this one. That doesn't happen in this game. Mm -hmm. We don't, we're not, we're not wired that way as football people. We we truly believe every game we're gonna win. I, I I and maybe it's the naivete of the U.S. guy, but I always ask, hey man, has every any team ever gone undefeated? Because I really think we're gonna win every game, and that's my mentality. That's our mentality as a group. We really believe we're gonna win every. There's not a game where we're inferior or scared or any of that. We really believe we're gonna win every game. So well, I think that's super important too, because if you go in with a defeated mindset, then that's no just doubt. In the field, right on no the field, doubt. it's gonna no doubt play the way that you are on the field is gonna be affected yep. by the mentality that you walk into in the game. So that's great that every single player goes in knowing that they're gonna win. No win. Love that. That's it. Well, and true be told, I mean, um, Ed Gainey, he got into uh, Facebook groups recently, and you know, kind of preached a similar thing, but our viewers and especially the Edmonton Alex fan base as a whole, right? So many questions. Uh, they don't, they don't hear a team representative come out very often and give that kind of perspective, right? They don't, they, the fans don't really hear that from the other side of the turf. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I, I understand fans, you know, I've been in every aspect of football, so I understand the fan mentality because the fans they just want to win they don't they don't care about anything else they care about winning you know um you know and they see they see things you know we as personnel people and in a team we get to go back and watch the film and watch every single play frame by frame inch by inch and dissect it and when you're watching in real time you don't get you know you don't get to replay it in your eyes you know yeah. so we we get that ability to do that um, so, you know, I can understand why, you know, why they can get frustrated at times. And, you know, we got to really focus on the things that we're doing well. You know, our defense last, last week held the team to 12 points, yeah. I mean, 12 points normally in any game, you know, and, and, and I know people harp on CJ is the reason why things went bad, but that there's other things that went wrong that it wasn't CJ's fault that we lost the game last week. Exactly. It's not down to yeah. one play, right? That's, no. We missed two field goals. We dropped a touchdown. I mean, there's all kinds of 
you know, costing penalties. There's so many other things that happen during the course of the game. And but the fans don't, you know what I mean? Like I said, they don't get to go back and do what we do as far as watching frame by frame. Um, and 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 listen, they're frustrated, and we get it, and we're frustrated too. We want trust me, we're we didn't come to work here to lose, we came here to win. So it's important that they all know that we're we're tr- we're trying to win every every game. We and we believe we're gonna win every game. We really do. No, that's amazing. And uh fans definitely want to hear that. We want to hear that, but most importantly, it's something that your regular fan or even even the hardcore fans, all fans, you know, watch these games and it's all about the immediate result. But mm-hmm. if you look at the big picture, you can actually see what the Edmonton Elks are building. And we we retained a core this year. Sure, the results aren't exactly what we wanted, but Sometimes you got you got to get worse before you get yeah. better, right? And that's yeah. that's kind of what we're how we're looking at the team this year. Yeah. So no, and, and that's what we're doing. You know, we're just we we I said it in the pre in, you know in training camp. You know, we put a good core group of guys together. We've got a championship team here. We're just we're 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 going to get there. We just need them. We just everyone just be patient. We'll get there. You know, there's no I, again. I can assure you, we we come to work every day thinking we're going to win. We don't hope we're going to win. We don't, maybe we don't do that. We, we, we come there thinking we're going to win every game. So we're, we're going to get there. We're, I promise we're going to get there. It's going to be fun. And I'm having fun. I know we're on five, but I'm still having fun. I mean, we're, we're, cause that, cause I see what we're doing. I see the progression of, of our team and it's going to be awesome, man. They're really going to have a great time. Well, and you're seeing the other side of the football and all the way from Edmonton to Florida that exists, right? So we believe that it's going to turn around here shortly. I mean, Hamilton is definitely the next best chance, but... And I think it would be a different story if we did not see progress in every single game. And just like you said, right, you get to see it. You see that there's improvements. You see that there's, you know, a little bit more every single time. And it's exciting. It makes it fun. Awesome. Focus on that instead of the negative. I, I got to tell you, when I was when I was there and for the uh, home opener, man, I, even for the uh, fan day, there's so much energy that's mm-hmm. flowing through the city. The fans are awesome, man. They're they're so they're I mean they're great, and just to be a part of that and see that energy in those two two uh, two events that I was at um, the home op- the home opener, obviously, and then the uh, the first uh, fan, because I, I wasn't there for Fan Day last year. I left before Fan Day, mm-hmm. so that was the first time I'd seen it. They said they said last year Fan Day had maybe 100 people, 150 people, and then this year yeah. they had 3,000 people. Yeah, it was awesome. So that's a testament to what we're doing, not only as an organization but as a fan base, as a as a as a city. You know, you know, you know. It's our motto's, you know, our team, our city. So or our city, our team. Excuse me. Got that backwards, um, but it's real. It's really awesome to see what the fan base is doing. I think they're amazing. You know, you can't. I couldn't ask for a better experience. You know, and because I didn't go to one, I didn't do one preseason game last year. This is the well, this year is the first time I did a preseason or a, excuse me, a regular season game. Wow. I did preseason last year with the Calgary game, but the same. It, was aw- it was awesome. I mean, it was just. I just. I have people have pictures of me from the stands where. I was, they caught me a bunch of times just turning around. I'm staring into the stands like this is, like, it's cool. Like, I, I can't, like, explain how awesome that feeling was to see that much support for what we're doing. So I'm hoping that they continue to do that. Totally. And, I mean, with what we're seeing on social media, you know, what, what you're doing down there, showing great representation all across uh, Southeast America. You can, you can you can feel it. You can feel it in the air. We just need that one win, and we just need to snap it around. And before you know it, uh, maybe not this year. Hoping for this year, of course, to make it back to the playoffs. But even then, once we get those wins, they start racking up. We get the fans back into Commonwealth Stadium, and yep. from there we're rolling. So, hey, a streak a streak starts with one. So yep. exactly, yep. let's get the one, and then we'll start moving. You know. Listen, I got I have a lot of NFL guys that text me every week about us. They say, hey man, saw the game last night. You know, in fact, we got a you know, one of my one of my good friends is the uh director of scouting at the New England Patriots. 
wow. And uh, he, 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 I, you know, I've sent him a ton of, a ton of gear, and he, he sends me pictures of him in his, in his shirts or hoodies watching the games. Yeah. I mean, so we have people that are supporting us from all over the place. Yes. Um, so it's important, you know. And again, these are things that you know you guys don't see in, up, up in Canada about how much support we have down here. You know, my barber shop on my barber's window, he's got an elk sticker. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 awesome, man. Like like I've, I've my neighbor has I brought him I bought him a couple hats this year. I bought him last year too. He loves him. In fact, he just came, this is this is a cool story. He was just in Nicaragua, just came back yesterday. He said in the airport, somebody walked up to him and said, "Hey man, are you Canadian?" And he's like, "No, why?" And he didn't realize he had his elk shirt on. He was oh. like, I saw, the, "I saw the Edmonton Elks logo." He was, "Oh yeah, sorry." He goes, "No, my neighbor works for the Edmonton Elks." Wow. Like it's just like it's like cool stuff like that that happens all the time, you know, down here. So. There's, we're all fired up, you know. We're all excited about what's you know getting ready to happen here. So we're well, going to get it. Over here, the NFL is so big, right? So it's kind of it's nice to see that down in the states, yeah. the CFL is actually like leaving an impact yeah. a little bit. So that's that's super cool. No, and a big thanks to Sammy for what <laughs> you do down there and showing that representation. Um, guys, this is all the time that we have for today. Sammy, thank you so much for joining us today. This no was problem. Anytime. And I guess we're going to catch everybody on the next episode of the Elks Call. Thank you to our viewers. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Once again, thank you, Sammy, and we will catch everybody next time. This Thanks, is the Elks Thank you, everybody. Go this Elks. Signing off. Go Elks, Sammy. Go, Go Elks. Elks. Thanks, guys. Cheers. <laughs>